Hey guys, welcome to the MC Anime Podcast. We cover anime, geek culture, Japanese aesthetics, and Asian studies. We are a multi fandom podcast, and you can expect to hear topics in your favorite hobby or fandom activity potentially. You can find MC Anime on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Also, please check out mcanimepodcast.com, our website. Furthermore, stay tuned in for another episode. guys welcome to another episode of mcma podcast today we're back with leah how are you doing today um i'm pretty good i'm learning some like new recipes for breakfast and whatnot because i'm too lazy to do meal prep so that's been fun um my kid is a mess but i'm on my way to learn a bunch of new stuff so whenever i am actually invite people over to my house i may cook for them still up in the air don't know for sure but outside of that yeah i'm pretty good that's good all right well but yeah today we're interesting subject because we'll be doing the Sandman review and how we like the TV show. Do you want to give any perspective on, the, on today's episode? Um, yeah, this is something you've been talking about wanting to do for a hot minute. And before we even decided to pick this one, I think I watched like up to seven episodes, like episode seven. There's only ten in the season. It came out last year. Um, oh, and I forgot why I stopped. I, oh, I think I went on vacation, but I actually stopped watching it and then just never came back to it. But um, yeah, it's it was, I learned it was a comic book beforehand. I never read it, but the show was really good. And from what I've seen from everyone else, it's really comics as well. So I like how, you know, the show dives into not only like the legendary figure of Sandman, otherwise a mythical figure, but it just has different layers to people think of dreams and how it all looks oh yeah for sure it has a layered mythology for those out there like if you're a fan of greek mythology they have uh the fates who appear if you are an anime fan and you like the seven deadly sins you'll have like a very big interest in the way that these these godly beings like dream and desire and despair how they all exist there's like death i don't think they're the life one but there's seven of them and so they all kind of have they all pull from different mythologies which made the show very very cool to watch how they mixed it together true what's well, kind of interesting because you know you have morpheus who has the realm of dreams and then such realm breaks apart with his absence well should we should we explain the synopsis of the show first for those who haven't seen it yeah we can yeah um as as basic uh as a as a breakout as it can be and basically what what mc just said it's it's a show about dream um or morpheus which unfortunately that rate that name is ruined now thank you jared leto uh but yeah it's, it's a show about dream who gets captured um in the human world while he was on a mission to capture one of his nightmares which when it comes to dream he has dreams and he has nightmares that exist for humans so that way you're able to dream and have hope but you're also able to have nightmares so you kind of build up courage or know what not to do so you don't suffer that fate but because he gets yeah. captured and he gets captured for like what 100 years um though there is a sleeping sickness that engulfs the world during that year where just a ton of people don't wake up from their dreams they're just trapped in them forever and then from there his nightmare who without who's going around and killing people 
just because he can and that's his own version of freedom he's out there causing mayhem um dreams like tools and artifacts get sold off across different parts of the world so he has to retrieve them once he's actually free and it's a whole like first arc of the story that kind of yep. introduces you into some of his siblings like desire and despair um and death you know a lot of humans who kind of have had lineage since he's actually been captured and then dream yeah. himself and kind of like how he exists in his mortal soul but that's that's yep. season one that's the story now we can jump now that we're caught up oh yeah and most of season one is him you know recovering the tools and like rebuilding quote unquote domain of dreams and trying to fix the uh never ending sleep of the comas and stuff they call it like the i think this was like a time similar to the dark ages where there wasn't much dreams something similar that has happened well i don't think it was the dark ages i think it was like the 1800s 1900s they had they had electricity it's a thing so it was like the 19 what not, no, I'll talk about the last time humanity didn't have dreams was the Dark Ages. Oh, yeah, that was definitely the Yeah. And it caused a lot of panic and it was, you know, low-term life expectancy. I mean, I can see why. I had a few friends who have told me that they don't dream when they sleep, and yeah. that sounds terrifying. Just the idea of it sounds horrible, but yes, well, the well, I'm a vivid dreamer myself. I have entire movies playing in my head. Not kidding. Um, sometimes I will sleep longer knowing that I have a dream, but keep my eyes shut and continue the dream and how I see it happening. <laughs> so I you're know, a vivid dreamer. Or an active dreamer. Okay, there's one point I know what's going on or don't know exactly, and then I'm like halfway awake but halfway asleep that I mm -hmm. am aware that I don't want to wake up because the dream will stop and I can't continue it with my eyes open for a little bit of time. So I keep my eyes shut, sleeping longer, but stay in that dream state of sleep. That's why I put my alarm at 6 o'clock every single day. You wake up at 6 every single day? I put an alarm for 6 o'clock every day because wow. the dream... Because they say when you have dreams, the best way is to actually make you have a semi-conscious waking state. Yes, but why does it have to be at 6 a.m.? I'm, I'm not disagreeing with whatever little dream walk you want to do. I'm just trying to figure out why it happened at 6 a.m. Why are you doing it I put at that, I, I put it at 6 a.m because in case i want to wake up i can't go back to sleep i have an option to do stuff later in the morning with the projects i do it just allows uh -huh. me that time to either make that choice to do something like something i want to do or go back to sleep and sleep a little longer yeah okay and plus it gets me used to waking up at six o'clock every day so i can go in the morning and work because uh i am a hard time if i'm not like waking up every day at that time it's a lot harder to wake up at that time that's when i had to wake up at five o'clock it you know that sounds oh that's horrific but I hate that. Um, but it's a process for you, and that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, but what you're saying does sound like either vivid dreaming when you're actually asleep and everything you like because do you remember oh. most of your dreams or do you just know that your dreams are pretty clear when you're asleep i remember both of my dreams um one dream was a, an island by time vortexes and they were hidden by time vortexes and these time vortexes were opened up and the airplane and uh, a train crashed onto it but a person also was launched into the time vortex as well and i think i remember hearing a door and you hear them on the other side being like a dimension portal okay 
It's like entirely hidden but from the wheel outside wheel because of the time vortexes, but it's glitching. So realized objects are actually coming into the island and messing it up. Interesting. Yeah. You know, selfish. But you know that thing where it's like when you try to explain your dream to somebody, but it becomes, it makes less sense to that person. I know that you can clearly see and I have an idea of what you're saying, but but no one might. Like, I would have to, I would probably have to draw it out in my brain to really get it. But basically, if you want to like have the short version, you have an island. You don't, you don't, you don't have to explain your dream. You don't have to, you ever, <laughs> I did, oh, that's, that's not yes, what I was asking you. The different hidden island tropes. It's hidden from the outside world. It's using fog or using some mechanism to, to stay hidden, right? It is. It's hidden from the outside world. No one, no outsider can come in unless they want you to come in. Stuff like that. Okay. Well, that, that, yeah, that, makes, that makes relative sense. Yeah. All right. But anyway, you know, that type of reality is how dreams will play out in uh, Sandman. But what's interesting with Sandman is that the dreams that you have are also aspirations in your life as well. These are the things are escaping to, th uh, to the dream world where you're happy, where you have the vision to hope. It gives hope and gives aspirations to what you want in the future who you who you are who you are right now mm -hmm. and that show really does encapsulate on that theme like it really captures people's dreams in a way that's compelling and tells the story to drive the narrative of the endless and him being morbius as sandman which is where that main like I would say that the first one is split into two parts. There is yeah. Dream getting his items back, and then Dream dealing with the bigger scheme that is happening in the background. Um, but that first half is, is seeing what the, well, honestly, the whole season is seeing the repercussions of Dream not being there, because if you do not have something to strive for, an inspiration for that thing, um, or something that kind of helps guide your moral path, it can completely yep. change who you are as a person, which is what we see in multiple human characters within the show. Um, there are some mythological characters who, um, exist from the dream world that show a presence of having their own dreams and aspirations. Honestly, all the mythical beings, but they kind of phrase that differently or dream just says that that is a dream. <laughs> I don't count that as a dream and I'm, I'm a ruler of the realm, so it is what it is. But for the humans, they need to have both dreams and nightmares or it completely alters who they are. Yep. Yeah. And the overlapping plot when we first get started with dream is basically the cult that wants to get you know snare him trap him and use his uh power for themselves the thing is if you use the power of sandman and the items that he has it's really not good for humanity to have endless dreams to have access to endless dreams just make anything happen on the fly well it was it was understood that quite honestly they weren't necessarily trying to get dream to begin with they were yeah. trying to get death so yeah. it starts with a with two fathers um both of them have lost their eldest son and um the man of the banner can't think of the name right now uh his son ended up dying in the war he does have a second son he don't care about the child at all isn't it's so messed up but basically they just do a ritual and it is to summon death because they feel that they can entrap death 
they'll be able to get their sons back and finally be happy again. But they end up capturing Dream right before he ends up um, killing his nightmare who's roaming about, whose name is, ooh, what's what the guy? Arithian. Um, yep. Which, again, it's just, it's just fun to see them mix all these religions and mythologies. But yeah, so they capture Dream and then they just keep him there. They just take it, like the guy who summoned him, he takes his stuff. I can't remember what happened to the other father. I guess he was just like, well, dead son. <laughs> We, we did our best we did our level best and then he's, he's never seen again but yeah they keep dreams things and from there naturally his stuff kind of spreads across the world and it wreaks yep. wild havoc because also humans we don't really know how to not overindulge when we have something that's good because it feels good and you see how that affects others and the selfishness that also comes with it true I know with me, if I have one of the items or the artifacts that he has, I'll probably use it in a way to bring on success, a small success about the podcast, maybe in a way, and then I'll keep it, keep it locked up so no one else gets used to it, and I can just live that success. I don't need much. Other people will indulge and have every riches in the world can give, which we see over abundance in, in uh, Sandman. How about you? What will you try to encapsulate in your life oh i think it would be the the main basic thing is you want to you want to be successful you want to have enough money not just for yourself but to help your family and your loved ones um and then i would just kind of want to be able to experience everything that the world has to offer so i would definitely use those like i would use them so i could stay alive as long as possible i could avoid any like pain or death or anything like that and and just indulge 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 in all of the good things for as long as my time would allow and as long as the powers would allow because also you only get a fraction of them um which makes it i think kind of scarier is that you don't know what it would actually be like to have the power of dream you don't know what it would be like to have all of morpheus power you just get a fraction of it even with all of his tools in your command um but even then it would satisfy any mortal like desire that i have so I take it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because you want a little bit more than what I do in terms of, you know, what you want and how you want to live your life. I just want more success in what I want to do and just live the life like that. Not really have much else feeding into it and not really feed into the power of greed because at that point I'm very content with having a little bit. I don't need much more. Oh, uh, yeah. That's not me at all. Like, I just like... I things that's what kind of makes me happy but so live life go with my life and balance it all and go from there but yeah, the uh we have the pouch of dream stain the dreams helm and the dream stone ruby it's kind of interesting how these give assets to dream like as more like to focus his power more instead of just using his power which he don't need these items but he prefers these items because it, it's tools to help him do his job better and what be more than just the endless figure he is he put he literally put his power into these items he enchanted them when he didn't have to but he felt the need to do so well it helps him when he's on earth so that that makes sense like it helps him with finding people which is was a big thing because the scene where he finally does meet with the fates to learn where all of his three items are he has like a helm yeah. which is a helmet um he has like the stands which 
I don't know what it is, like the sands of time or whatever. Or not even sands of time. They just like allow someone to live much longer than they're supposed to. Um, yeah. And kind of grant them this type of protection. And I forgot what the third one was. Really. The Greenstone Ruby. Oh, the Ruby. Yeah. So all three of those, he doesn't know where they are because he's been locked up for a hundred years in a basement. But when he does ask the fate, they they all the inner one. If you know what the fates are, they it's like you know past, future, present, and they only speak in riddles. So he only got three questions because he offered three offerings. Got three questions, got three riddle answers, but only one gave him enough details where he could immediately start with that. But once he started getting his items, he was able to find the other ones pretty quick. Yeah. The dream of Stan is interesting because it allows you to go in the sleep. It's literally make you into sleep, make you go in the dream. That extends your life by living in the realm of dream for a lot longer and not have to wake up. And then the dream's helm is a believe in like a focus of the power and the personification of what it gives the user. Yes. And then the Dreamstone Ruby is actually more powerful because it actually grants anyone's desire to come true. Oh, yeah. It has, so they it has have reality shaping. Yeah, it has reality shaping means. Which are, it's the same, like, I don't know, dude. I think the Thanos with his, him, his Infinity Stones. Like, they all have reason and purpose for why he needs them on the human world. Because when he's in the dream world, that's literally his domain. And so every one of these, um, the siblings, uh, they all have their own, like, kind of universe and domain that they reign over. And for his, um, for dreams, like, land, that... That is where all his creations exist. That's where all his powers are. And also the dreams and nightmares are supposed to live there. So when mythical beings aren't there, he has to go find them. Which is why those three items, that's why he made them. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because he doesn't he doesn't reign over Earth. He only reigns over of it, which makes which it makes it understandable why he would need the power to morph the world around him, also go into people's streams and stuff like that. He has to he kinda has to like pump himself up. So I think he's powerless almost when he gets back, when he first gets out. Yeah, it's kinda interesting because, you know, I really like the missions to recapture the items personally, just because it's kinda unique, seeing a glimpse of Lucifer Morningstar and everything else. I'll admit, um, the story did kind of take me for a loop because, again, it's split into two parts. So the first part is him retrieving his item. He's going to hell. He's going to the human world. He's in the dream world. He's hopping through these dimensions like he's taking a train. And that whole story arc was really interesting. I didn't know how long it was going to go. I thought it was going to be like how we have for anime and like our Marvel movies where one, like the whole thing for the first season or first movie is for one specific goal. It's retrieving yeah. all of these things and they kind of like build up to the next part. But no, they had like halfway through the season. He has all his items and now he has to go deal with a bigger issue. And that it had two different speeds to me. The show was still beautiful and the the design and everything, the mood still kind of felt similar, but the motivation changed. It felt like almost two different arcs that I was watching. So I like the first part. I think the second part though, is what really got me into wanting to see where the story goes. And I think they're doing a second season. They gotta be. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I like, you know, the serial convention episode. That was uh, interesting. That kind of like, when I watched that episode, it kind of spawned the idea. It's like, ooh, maybe I should do like a modal mystery or a serial convention myself. No, no. <laughs> the ser okay, so 
if you don't know what it is, the serial convention is a convention for serial killers, really clear in the name, um, who are all kind of born from uh, Corinthian existence on Earth because Corinthians have just been killing humans for centuries and there's no dreams <laughs> or nightmares like they're just doing whatever. So he's been out here basically kind of creating his own offspring in the world of humans by having people who just are super deplorable. They don't have dreams and they don't feel anything for other humans. They have no apathy um, I'm sorry they have no empathy they're empty and so they have a convention yeah, yeah. and he's like the keynote speaker he's TED talking on the stage cause Darren is like you know this he's the best to ever do it the killer of our of our like world our lives our, our century and it's just like what <laughs> what it made me as someone who enjoys true like um I'm like, of course, if you listen to True Crime, you're like, man, that's crazy. At least I'll never be me. But a convention for the serial killers is insane. It made me, yeah. it made me kind of giggle. Because I was like, nothing flipping our stuff on our head. Yeah, he uses, uh, you know, control domain over nightmares as a way to give them dreams about how to could do the perfect murder. So they're plotting <laughs> in their head when they dream how to murder people. It starts at home. Or, or, or do other things. Like collecting and uh, living out your desire of the crime you want to commit. Not everyone's a murderer, but they're not always the same. <laughs> well, the collective it's kind of list. funny. It's kind of funny how it's actually was spelled. It wasn't spelled like the serial, like serial killer. It was actually spelled with the actual serial to disguise it as like a real convention. It was literally a, a name hidden in meaning and how they spelled. They said C E R E L Y something like that. It's the actual serial eat instead of the actual serial that this means repetitive repeated yes because even though that's the thing um corinthians is witty and to me yep. personally i think he is the He's closer in imitation of what we would think. I would say of Lucifer morning style. Um, if he grew up with Christianity, you know, he lies. He's very like persuasive and charming. He just wants to watch the world burn. Um, and then compared to when you actually see Lucifer, they're like it's a complete flip. There's much more calmness and like elegance and all that. But Corinthians is out here. He one he eats eyes because he doesn't have any. As a nightmare, he only has a mouth. Um, he wears glasses the whole show because he has no eyes. So when he kills people, he takes their eyes. And that's how he's able to, one, collect their memories and, like, see what they see. But also know what it feels like to be human, which is strange. Yeah. Um, it, it shows him emotion and he actually gets to feel something for a little bit. And that's why he's doing it. It's this envy yeah. for humans that they're able to, like, live and experience these things. But they don't, they're not grateful or take advantage or whatever in his mind. So he's very spiteful. <laughs> And his his collection habits and his harm to humanity habits just bleed right into his followers. It's it's yeah. so weird, but it's it's cool, but it's weird. Seeing him get on stage and do a speech had me giggling. I was like, wow. <laughs> they went all the way. They were like, you are the guest of honor. Yeah, and also no one can show the real name. And then they show someone actually like technically using their real name, and then that's a, it's connecting back to them. And then they just have a field day with three different motors taking them out. It's kind of interesting in that episode how everything reveals itself. You know, I'm not going to talk about like the major plot, how Quincy is trying to do 
but it was kind of cool seeing how it played out and the feel of it. The building up for it was good as well. So I do like the manifestation episode with Lucifer and Morbius you know, basically dueling over which vision of concept is more powerful than the other. But in the beginning? That's in the beginning. That's when they uh, try to retrieve the dream helm from the uh, from hell. Oh, yes. Okay, Lucifer okay. I was like... Champion for one of the lower ranked demons and yeah. dream has to fight as his own champion and they do a door of manifestations of concepts so like say the planet or pain that's the concept that will like go against each other you go like you try to build up on top of it be more powerful than the other person try to like weak their will kind of thing break their will when they can't yeah, really me. yeah i think how lucifer's will was actually broken i'm not gonna say well <laughs> That was really funny. There's one concept that Lucifer does not have a way to break because of how he is. Um, I'm gonna admit the reason why that kind of slipped my mind is because I don't know. I guess I wasn't too into it. Like I didn't like because at that point, Dreams of Hell, they're having this battle. He's fighting Lucifer, and he's every time Lucifer attacks, Dream kind of gets transported to somewhere in the past. He's like his will starting to break, and then they literally hit us with the power of friendship with like a crow. That's one of his familiars that follows him around, named Matthew. And Matthew's like, "Come on, boss!" I put his voice by Patton Oswald, which I didn't even know but regardless he's like come on boss you can do this you know what's stronger than despair and darkness and anger and regret and da 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 and i forgot what he said it's like he says it's, he says like a freeze and that's his next attack and then he wins and it pisses lucifer off he gets the stuff and he leaves but lucifer's of course very very angry um but i don't know oh, i yeah. just thought that i don't know i the whole like him like fighting for his stuff to get his home back in hell i was just i think i just didn't like that part because also right before they did that there was a an african princess who he banished to hell like a millennia ago because she he fell in love with her but she was like no thank you so he said i'm just gonna send you there and i'm gonna have my sibling keep you there for eternity because it was the most it was like random incellian motion that happened and then they just said all right now he's got the power of friendship and he's the winner and i said wait a minute hold on and i feel like those two things stuck in my mind way more than the actual fight the fight was it was cool looking it was neat um the actress who plays uh lucifer in that scene amazing that's actually a true version of lucifer morningstar in the actual comics oh so they kept that well, the thing is, Dream and Sandman was actually more based on the comic series than Lucifer on the other Netflix version, which is like a spin-off from the actual comic. <laughs> so... But, I don't know, it also foreshadowed in that episode that Lucifer would enact revenge on Dream as the first step up for her plan for invasion and war. For his plan. Yes. But I do have to mention one thing. Lucifer in the comics literally looks like a woman. Even though he's a man, you just can't get that perception off of you. I mean, that's fun. If you like Norse mythology, Loki, the trickster god, he's also like gender fluid throughout the mythology there. So I'm going to assume the same for Lucifer. Any kind of like 
deceptive transformation god out there, I always keep in mind that they probably can switch gender and switch form. That might just be the one that Lucifer decided to go with for the time being. Because you also have, uh, what, desire and despair. So, they, like, they live in their own realms, but both of them give off a very, like, androgynous, masculine, yet feminine vibe to them. Um, so yeah. Like, I feel like, I, I wouldn't like how Sandman has all these different introductions to different characters, and these are all characters actually from the comics. You know, you have Lucifer Morningstar, you know, you have uh, Desire come in, but you also have uh, the Fate, Sisters, Death, that plays a major part in the entire in the saga in the comics, and also a uh, Lady Constantine. Like she's from she's probably from the new comics, but it's just I don't know. It just kind of shows you that, you know the other season could really yield more successful results in the different characters introduced as the plot grows. Yeah, I know they have a lot more to go ahead and delve into. And again, this actually really helps that this is already a, a like, created, thought out, all of that. Like, it's a comic, it's a well-formed thought, an idea, and world, and universe. So Netflix has a lot to build off of. And as long as they don't try to change anything too much, like, kind of like how The Walking Dead did, where they were like, we're going to change it so that way it'll be something that even the fans who read the comic, they wouldn't have expected this. But they're like, whoa, what? just happened there like they i hope they don't do that where they try to keep surprising people as it starts to keep going on because if this is how the comics go which it does seem like it's like that the story's gonna be really cool and it's gonna remain yeah. kind of engaging even if they change slightly they could still probably mean stay to the mainstream comic as a way to guide the story Lucifer, on the other hand didn't do that as much however i really thoroughly enjoyed the show but that's a real spinoff that actually does really well. But Sandman, I don't feel like it's like uh, it's a spinoff from the comics. I feel like it's more close and grounded to the comics. So it feels like a more adaptation, more faithful to the source material than Lucifer. Well, Lucifer works that it is. It is a detour from the original source material for the show itself, but because of how they, what they did decide to change, you're right, it, it hits really well, and it's one of those things where there are just a lot of people out there where if you tell them, you know, oh, this was originally a book, or this was originally a screenplay, or a comic, or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people just don't want to read, and this, and uh, if they do go and read it, if they've already seen the show first, and the show is well crafted, even though they have changed things, they might end up just preferring their TV show. Like they'll still think the book and original source hero is good, but they've fallen in love with like the actors and the storylines and all of that in the show. So yeah, I see that being what happened with Lucifer. Um, but also everyone, everyone dislikes you know just Lucifer in almost every iteration that we kind of see him in, like he was great in what we had in Supernatural for a hot minute. Then you got the show Lucifer, he's great in that. Um, I think even the one that's in uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch that's on Netflix, uh, the Lucifer in that one is also pretty cool. So, really hard to mess up Lucifer unless you make him suck. Like, if you make him whiny, then that's the only way to mess him up. But this show, it looks like it's on track, so I hope it stays that way. But I don't really want them to change it, so I don't have to read the comic. Like, I just want to what happened? I don't want to. I don't want to have to go back and read. Well, you know, more than likely, the next season's either going to be a con from Lucifer being vision and as the enemy, or the actual other actual enemies. The war that plays out in the comics is a big thing. Well, they hinted at it for. You're talking about for um, 
Black Adam is Hannah, right? Like the Black Adam is in a, a big saga in the comic itself, and they already have Lucifer depicting that they would to prepare for war, and Dream would be the one of the first enemies to invade. Yes. No, no, what I would say is that, in, also in the show, of course, they have to build up to it, so I was making sure that was the same thing, because it's not just uh, Lucifer, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Uh, Desire. Desire is also, um, like, I think it's both Desire and Lucifer are now plotting something even bigger, because they both make a, a solemn swear to make, like, bring yeah. Dream to his knees, which, when you... I, they, I don't know. I guess it wasn't explained well in the show to me. What was up with Desire? I was like, Desire, like, hell, like, we're having a good time. But um, I did watch, like, an ending explained video that did give a breakdown. I think it was literally ending explained the channel. But yeah, it, it, it helped me understand why Desire acts the way they do throughout the show. Well, which wasn't clear well, to me. Well, Desire is like one of the endless that is isolated. They do what they want feel like they want but have like an anti-hero approach they do whatever benefits them which that's basically what desire is you follow what your desire is regardless of the outcome yes but i what it was is that i didn't get why they were going for dream in specific but in particular but it, it made sense when i watched the video because again like with that dreams give hope nightmares give warning and experience so you can get over your your worst moment but because desire is just that the way they do like you need people to have more i guess like despair so they have these desires but there's there's desire and then there's their twin despair and despair love dreams and they're like you give me hope you give me dreams your hopes they're wonderful and so they're like that's great desire doesn't like that because if people don't despair for things and people don't have a want for things because they're happy because it means that they have they have less power so in the same way that you it the more you would pray to a shrine if you lived in japan for a certain god the more power that god would have the less people who feed into their want and need of desire the less power desire has and they hate feeling weaker than dream so that's why they concocted this whole like big brain high iq scheme and then they're gonna keep doing it in season two but i swear i didn't i did not understand it at all because i didn't see how they were connected but then it made sense then it kind of like the pieces yeah that connection is very heavily lord for the comics that's a lot for me i said oh okay oh all right the entire plot of one of the witnesses of the endless you can't kill it in this member that was kind of how that was going on i'm not want to talk too much about it because that that's the entire plot hole you had to observe for yourself but one thing i do like the sound of familiars in the show of, of previous nightmares and like uh i think the ability the one that the evergreen force and dream yes or like like out in the human civilization they they didn't really rebel against dream but since he wasn't there for like a hundred years they ventured out and they went mm -hmm. out of their role when they designed to maintain dreams okay I thought that was kind of interesting how, how they came into the show, how they were introduced in different areas. But you also see like a transformation in that maybe the manifestations that Dream makes, like the nightmares and the different helpers that he has, maybe there's a, a function outside of their original function that they can actually now have. Well, and that's 
that was a thing that it felt like an in-law controversy. It felt like an in-law debate. Um, I think to us watching and probably even the humans, we'd be like, yeah, of course these creations, these familiars, they have dreams and they have aspirations outside of what tool they're supposed to be for humans. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I feel like if we're talking about like the definition of an anti-hero, sometimes dream was truly that. Like, he doesn't care for the the wants and desires and in me of his creations and his familiars and the beings that are there every now and then he's a little nice or he does something that you're like well, i mean i guess that helps <laughs> like he's never he's never highly sympathetic because he created them for a reason but there are a few familiars and like nightmares that are out there that decide they don't want to torment humans like their whole existence is to give basically bad vibes to humans so that way they can overcome those weaknesses but they decided they don't want to do that and like there's one um as we don't remember her name but she's like this all she's like all pitch black type of being and she was acting as like a sweeter mothering role in like the dreams of a young boy who was being abused because she's like yeah my job sucks i don't want to do this anymore i want to do something else and dreams like yeah no <laughs> just no sucks to suck instead of him just making a new person for the job like you would think maybe trace them out let them have a union let them have some days off but he was like i've been gone for 100 years your break's over get back to torturing kids and it was it was just so strange just i didn't like that but i do appreciate that they didn't let him just lost nothing no all the flowing perspective dream it literally is detached from humanity oh so much hey things so much he sees his wall as like continuation of dreams and the dreams being vital for humans to have but so far keeping the maintain the order of such the realm it's his main priority now we see him through glimpses get a glimpse into humanity and understand them but he never dies he's immortal and the endless have very few ways that they can actually die yeah i mean also it, it's not just that it's also the fact that i guess for for a hot minute dream hadn't had any real connection to humans which was understood but then it kind of took a it takes a darker turn because again you have to remember in his mind he's like yeah i'm doing my job i'm doing what's supposed to be done as if we didn't watch him in like episode two reconnect with a woman that he claimed to love like he was like i love this woman and she rejected him so he fished her for eternity into the underworld and like so yes that he maybe can feel again but it's i i don't know i just feel like he's one of the like most gods or most godly beings their their existence is so far away detached from human and their only job is to really babysit us and make sure we don't like choke on our own inventions that they really don't have that same familial connection the closest we saw to that was the nightmares death. and and death that's it and but even death, then death is, death is serious seriously yeah How, she took it more personal as like i need to continue this for without this it's gonna be chaos same thing with dreams we half the population at most went into comas they never were they never woke up so having the ability of deciphering between dreams and realities important that we see constantly throughout the series but this is also another reason why the artifacts being used in the different ways what the original purpose is and how humanity can't really separate dreams from reality with the simple fact that dreams are more appealing than what reality 
is. And that constant state of being in the dream world makes the makes your mortal body a potato. There's nothing, there's a vegetable state in real life, but in the dream world, you have everything you want. Yeah, um, I don't know. It, if you haven't seen it, I would say watch it because what what was what if you described? There's so many variations in which that's manifested of how what you want in the world exists within your dreams, and that's why you want to stay there. Which does show all of the conflicts that kind of arise from Green being gone, um, and him being back, and people having all these conflicts and dipping in between realms. But there's there's like how many stories of humans? There's there's like maybe anyone like five to seven different important humans that you see weave throughout um the years that have passed and even um in current times but all of them have certain dream aspects that make them really want to hold on to them or want to utilize the power that dream has and it makes total sense when you watch it but they did a really good job with the storytelling so it doesn't just seem like a human being selfish they add a lot of complicated measures to it which i also hear go into the lore like the woman with the the dead husband like that whole art that goes into some magic baby <laughs> that i'm just like oh okay i was like oh yeah. neat yeah so if you haven't seen it watch it because um also it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous show and the storytelling lore actually they impressed me jesus i thought it was gonna be kind of like uh you're not gimmicky but just kind of over the top kind of theatery, but it wasn't. But you also have to remember, Sandman is not really a fantasy-filled lore. It has a lot of dread and violence. So having that type of like, your dreams may come true in reality is only a part of it. And that's not really what Rubius is. Well, in his storyline no um it's not what he in uh but it is kind of what you're i think also the the concept and idea of what dreams can do for you and what they are uh yeah they had to be kind of rewritten and better understood which the the storytelling in the episodes do a good job of that of feeding you that information and reiterating it because everyone thinks of dreams as supposed to be something that's pleasant and nightmare that's something completely separate it's hard to imagine that they both exist within the same realm and from the same type of creator so shoot what was that what was the one with jack frost um guarding or something regardless the yeah that one um that's the best that one figures. Yeah, but in that one, you have the Sandman, but you also can literally have Nightmare. I think that's the thing. But yeah, yeah. It, the two of them are separate entities, but in the show, it's almost kind of one in the thing. But that's what dreams are. One is Nightmare, one is the happy dream. Yeah, but nobody ever really wants to with their nightmare. Entirety. It's still a dream, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, I would say, I would say uh, like usual, it, it's... Uh, quality over quality yeah you can't you can't overindulge in either but they show very early on what happens when you allow for too much dreams with uh the older woman who has his bag of sand so it shows it shows the negatives of that and then you have arthur what his name is um who is able to control nightmares um you just kind of get to see what happens when both are just unleashed and how neither one is good without the other true you know kind of funny throughout this discussion i picked up a butterfly figurine just in a basket on the table and i've been looking at it and it really symbolically represents dreams because we actually have a scene of a motif of a butterfly in the actual show it's made of uh like a fabric 
like the like you have galls tied together and it's in the shape of a butterfly and i've just been looking at it while talking to you i will say um the symbolism in the show is actually really well done yeah and i like how the, you know not only was the symbol like was strong enough to convey the story but it gave images into what it tells about how we perceive our imagination our hopes and desires and really what is in what can be envisioned in a story like this do you have any closing thoughts um i would have to say if if you're looking for a show especially if you haven't seen this one or you watched it and you just haven't watched it again it's one of the few shows that i've seen in the last past year of 2022 that had a one a supernatural mythological element to it that was new and that i haven't thought of before but it's also a very engaging story and it helps kind of refresh that genre because a lot of things kind of start to come out especially with how we have like superhero and supernatural movies just coming out back to back this is actually a really well done series and it's it's absolutely gorgeous in its storytelling and it feels very realistic where you can actually really Relate to the characters and you you very much so at least in my opinion have a protagonist that I don't necessarily love um but I do enjoy his motivations in the way that he goes about solving his issues um in dealing with his own problems at the same time so if you haven't seen it or you haven't rewatched it do so This concludes another episode of MC Anime Podcast. MC Anime Podcast is available on podcast directories like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. We also have our website at mcanimepodcast.com. If you want to directly support us, then follow Patreon blog MC Anime. Finally, if you want services for hire, then we're available on Fiverr for audio and video production, graphic design, idea consulting, and blog and article writing. 